0: Hi, welcome to another episode of BS with Bella and we have a special guest today, Chase Griffin, and he will be joining us and telling his story. So Chase, I have a few questions for you about your life and everything you've achieved. So what made you start like your love for football? And I know you won Gatorade Player of the Year in high school. So what made you get into the sport?
1: My first sport was was actually soccer. And uh so growing up, I would play my soccer games on Saturdays, but on Sundays football would be on. And I remember my favorite player was Ladanian Tomlinson. And so I wanted to become a running back. And uh I remember he was with the Chargers then. I really liked their uniforms. I love <laughs> sort of like the violence of the sport. I know it's <laughs> ironic I'm You're a, aggressive. I'm a Exactly. And I was already sort of like that in soccer and uh So I asked my parents if I could play and they said, no, no tackle football until fifth grade. So I was really waiting my time the whole way. And uh, I'm really appreciative of those years where I learned how to train uh, really through soccer and then through basketball. And then once I got to football, I had already trained in sports for around four or five years. Oh, wow. And. And I had started doing quarterback training with a trainer down in Austin uh, named Jeff Blake, who was a former NFL quarterback.
0: Oh, awesome. So you kind of got like that NFL experience a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think throughout my entire career, uh, both, you know, as an athlete, but in any sort of industry Mm -hmm. that I've I've had success in, I've been really blessed to be privy to, you know, expertise from top people. And uh, I think that sort of put me on the trajectory that I'm on now.
0: And what made you come from Texas to UCLA? Like, how did you find that school and, like, the recruiting process of going through that to find a college where you wanted to play ball?
1: Absolutely. So my recruiting process was probably a lot different than most of the people who had the type of production and, uh, you know, prowess coming out of high school that I had. Really, for me, I wanted to go to a really good school, first off, mm-hmm. and uh, go to a school where I felt like I could go to the NFL, and UCLA had both of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, if I hadn't gone to UCLA, I probably would have ended up at Harvard. Uh, really? That, was, yeah, I've used that was, absolutely. So those schools were uh, always appealing to me, you know, growing up. I did a lot of things. I, I played sports, but I also played the violin. Uh, I was in the engineering, STEM. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa. So you had multiple <laughs> balances of football, not only school and being a violinist as well.
1: <laughs> right. So, I mean, my main thing growing up was always excellence in everything. Uh, I was blessed to come from a two parent household where both people had, you know, expertise in their own field. My father, he's a serial entrepreneur uh, who who's actually currently working in NFTs now, oh, wow. uh, which is which is, you know, always a lap for all of us. But in, in my uh, mother, she's a teacher. And so coming from a household where there were two people who were excellent in their space, who also expected excellence from me and gave me the love that I needed to pursue my own goals, uh, I felt supported all the way up. And so I felt like coming out of high school, I wanted to go to a college where I felt that continued support. And uh, the Ivies are tried and true. Uh, Students who go there are able to build their names, build their networks and be very successful. So I felt like, if because of football I was passing on those opportunities to go to another school, it had to be another school with similar, uh, m- maybe not the exact same, but where I could find ways to build the same amount of uh, prowess at, at that campus. And I felt like I could do it. Oh, sorry.
0: You're good. <laughs> sorry.
1: sorry. And I felt like I could do it at UCLA. And uh, I, I feel like I have done it even in ways where maybe i would have not been able to do that in the Ivy League. So I feel very blessed in the decision that I made.
0: So are you eligible for like another like year of playing or I know you're a senior, so I don't know if like you're a senior graduating this year. Like where do you stand in the football program now?
1: So I'm more of a senior as far as, you know, the normal years go. This is my okay. fourth year in college. Okay. Um, I was a class of 19 for high school. So everyone around me uh, in that sort of class of 19 high school class is graduating this year. I okay. actually, I, I graduated very fast. So I graduated in two and a half years. Oh, wow. Uh, so I graduated in in summer of 21. Uh, and so I uh, I think that opened up a lot of time for me. Where in the past year and a half, I've been getting a graduate degree, a master's in education. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm excited. I just submitted my application actually to oh. pursue a major, a uh, uh, master's in legal studies here as well. Um, so I still have two more years of eligibility because okay. I redshirted and because of the COVID mm-hmm. year.
0: Oh, awesome. So you have more time to play. Absolutely. What was your most memorable or so far memorable experience in the UCL, like UCLA program?
1: Oh, I think there's been a lot as far as on the academic side, graduating was great for me. I know I really worked hard for that. I appreciate that. No, uh, I I worked really hard for that. I was Mm -hmm. taking four classes a quarter. I was taking 16 units over the summer uh, and that was during COVID too. So a lot of it was online. That took an adjustment period. Uh, But I think, you know, for, for the students who really utilize that time and utilize sort of everything slowing down, uh, they were able to sort of build themselves back up. And I know going home was really helpful for me, sort of setting my home base again. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so graduating on the academic side, then I think on the football side, uh, not this past season, but the year before, uh, obviously when I started against Oregon, my first start, that was a great game. My first, yeah. uh, and then my first win against Arizona, Uh, In my first start in the Rose Bowl, those were really great memories. And then, uh, you know, the following year when we beat SC by about 30 points. Oh, wow. (laughs) So uh, I think, you know, football, there's been a lot of ups and downs in the program Mm -hmm. since I've been here. Uh, I think I see the blessing in it as being able to thrive no matter where you are and finding ways to build things back up. And I've learned a lot from my experience and look to continue that.
0: And so you've won NIL like athlete of the year twice. So how does like the endorsements work? Cause I know this is like, is a new like NCAA ruling. Like, is there fine lines when you're getting these endorsements about like using UCLA's name or are you reaching out? Like, how did that, how did you get known for being like the king of endorsements?
1: Right. Um, you know, it's still an ongoing process. Yeah. And I think it's sort of caught everyone uh, by surprise, not really my story, but I think all the different stories that have developed yeah. in NIL. Uh, it's brand new for both brands and student athletes alike. And because of that, uh, because of that, innovators are being rewarded. And I think yeah. in the space, uh, whether it just be happenstance of, of me being amongst the first athletes to sort of time it out where we were first in NIL mm-hmm. or just sort of what I've done always, which is try to be excellent in everything. Yeah, (laughs) uh, I've become an an innovator in the space. And and, uh, whether it be from the content side, from the vision that I have for what NIL could be, Mm -hmm. or just flat out my ability to talk about what I do in NIL and what I think others can do. uh, I think God has given me a lot of blessings and Mm -hmm. I've capitalized on that.
0: Is it hard to balance like all these like endorsements are you like okay with like the you know like being a student like sticking to contract being a football player have you ever felt yourself as like more overwhelmed or like have you found a really good balance in between all of it
1: I've never really felt overwhelmed, and I think it's because I try to be really authentic in both my content and my brand partnerships. Uh, you know, I, in every single interaction, whether it's setting up this podcast or whether it's talking to a brand to close a deal or talking to a company to tell them how I can add value, I always try to be myself and I always try to be genuine and polite. And I think that that plus manners goes a long way. And and that sort of goes back to how I was raised. And then also, you know, having the talent skill set to actually deliver and that yeah. value when called upon. And I'm continually working on myself. You know, I'm only 22. I know that the sky's the limit. Both. Yeah,
0: you're chasing your dreams. You're totally right. there's you've accomplished so much, especially now you're a chase partner. Right. How did that feel like a huge corporation <laughs> to like have your name behind essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really a partnership that was almost two years in the making. And it felt very rewarding just because I know with companies like that, as soon as you're in and you deliver for them, you're in for life. Yeah.
0: So you're stuck.
1: Right. I mean, I whether I partner with them or not, I'm stuck with Chase, so I, I might as well. <laughs> I might as well do it, and uh, they've been great to work with. And I think that also not only opens doors for me to work with other companies, but it opens doors for how I can work uh, with J.P. Morgan Chase and, and partner with them.
0: And it also takes one like company to like give you a chance to open many doors to other companies. Be like, wow, like this is what he does with Chase, like if someone other brand comes around they'll be like oh like maybe we can help endorse him like I think it's I think it was so cool like when I first was like talking to you and like looking at your page like I thought it was such an accomplishment like Chase as a partner because like I that I've never seen anyone like with a Chase partnership so it was really cool to see like a player like you who's accomplished so much that like you know someone takes a chance on you
1: Right. Absolutely. And uh, I think they were very sound in, in their background. Like, I think it makes sense that mm-hmm. the number one brand like that would partner uh, with a person like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, I really do appreciate uh, at the same time that a brand that magnitude, uh, you know, took that leap to get into the NIL collegiate space mm-hmm. in the first place. And then, you know, secondly, to do it with me. Uh, was just you know huge blessing and I'm looking forward to more partnerships with them so stay tuned
0: yeah and I I heard you were saying about like your graduates are you continuing football after college like are you wanting to go into the NFL draft or are you going a different route like what what's on your mind right now I know you said you got two more years but what's your ultimate goal to go in the NFL or focus on more like on like a corporate job I guess you could say
1: Right. So I don't really place myself in the boxes. I know that Mm -hmm. uh, I've been blessed with a lot of talents and I'll never not appreciate the skill set and hard work that I put into football that helped open doors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm taking the football as far as I can get it, whether Mm -hmm. it be to here, which I already consider a great accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, at the end of the day, when I started playing football at the age of eight or, or 10 and uh you know, I was eight years old. Uh, my trainer and my father asked me what I wanted to do when I grow up. And I said, I want to win a Super Bowl. That's still in the back of my mind. And, <laughs> and I still, you know, I, I go hard every single workout. Uh, over my time, I've become a team leader, uh, yeah. both vocally, but also living it every day. And uh, when you do the right thing, uh, I just have a feeling that things take care of themselves on the field.
0: Yeah, and everything so, happens for a reason.
1: Right. And I never try to force things. Mm-hmm. Uh But I love competing. And anytime I'm on that field, I'm gonna compete 100% and be prepared. And that tends to lead uh, to being able to play at the next level. Um, and then as far as the the corporate side and more traditional workspaces, I feel like I'm heavily prepared and have already been sort of working yeah. in that space in college. And I think that's a beautiful thing about NIL. So I think I'm prepared for whatever.
0: Whatever and, door opens and closes. Exactly.
1: And, and whatever is there, I'm going to take it to the max and try to do it to the highest level possible.
0: So I see that you love making music. So is this more of like a hobby or would you ever like maybe you know take a chance cuz i know you i've seen you like your stories are going into studios and mixing right. like
1: right. is this
0: like a hobby or is this something you would you know open a door to as well
1: Right. So, I mean, the music sort of started out as a hobby. I started playing the violin at the age of four, I think. Yeah. And sort of continued that all the way through high school. Uh, now that I'm in college, I really need to pick it back up. You know, yeah. I'm in the studio and I see they have guitarists and different instrumentalists. And I'm like, man, I need to pick this back up. That might <laughs> be my niche. But uh, I've always loved music. And mm-hmm. I think I have a good ear for it just because of the amount of time I've spent in it. Yeah. And uh, when when athletes are sort of looking for hobbies it's always something digital like it's always yeah. something video games or something like that just because uh it's hard to find activities where you have to use your body because we're always tired
0: yeah they own you
1: basically it's a, <laughs> i mean it's, it's tough with those workouts <laughs> and so with the uh with the music um It's something I can do for my room. I can do it from anywhere. It's calming, uh, it's engaging, and it's fulfilling. And to be able to make a beat or something like that, have a finished product that other people want to hear, I think it's a great thing. And uh, like I said, I try to do everything to the highest level. So while it may have started out as a hobby, I know that with, with talent and practice, Uh, I can continue to get to the next level. And I think because of sort of what I do in other spaces, it's opened the door for that music where I've sort of been on a fast track to meeting some important people in the industry and they're great. And I look forward to building with them in more ways than just the music.
0: How do you come up with these mixes? Like, do you like take what's the most popular on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter? Like you take what's most popular and like mix it? Or do you kind of just like hear like similar beats and we're like oh maybe like that can like match with another song that's popular how do you right. what gets you into like the creative mindset
1: right uh i think as far as music it sort of brings it out of me and mm-hmm. uh i think people who who produce and are artists sort of know like a lot of it is just luck. like sometimes you'll put stuff to get together and you're like man that sounds perfect and that sometimes happens with me i try not to force it i think mm-hmm. uh all of my beats start out Uh, pretty organically just because I enjoy the melody making process. Mm -hmm. I let the drums, you know, come in after, you know, speak Uh, its
0: mind, let it go.
1: Exactly. And and I think that's part of what makes it fun. Uh, It starts out with something small and then you build it out to an entire arrangement. As far as the mixes go, a lot of the time it's just whatever, uh, Whatever acapellas I can find on YouTube that are in oh, the right, uh, that are in the right tempo and key, and and that's a little bit of luck. But uh, sometimes I will make a beat like, hmm, yeah. so and so artists might sound really good on this. Let me search up their acapellas, and I end up oh, finding one. And it works. That's really,
0: that's really. I didn't even think of it like that. Like acapella right. beats, of right? Fame, like on, um, like really good songs or the most popular songs. Exactly. That's smart. Right. And do you? Like, have you like sold any music or no? This was kind of just like you post on SoundCloud and you some things get more popular or some things you right. like, eh.
1: so I, I have a couple of sales, uh especially in collaborations to to mm-hmm. some smaller artists. Yeah. Uh, there, there's actually an artist out of New York, uh who's you know, stay tuned. His name is four or five. So uh he, he's packing shows and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. uh, but that he he's still on the on the upswing, and so I oh. think, uh, you know, the beats that I'm giving him now, uh, you know, could turn into more consistent uh, partnerships, you know, as he grows and as I grow in the space. So that that's sort of a interesting partnership and collaboration that I've done, and then. Uh, I've I've sent stuff to to larger artists and yeah. their producer cues. What I've noticed about the producer world is, it, it is sort of through the artist's main producer, so it's it's very yeah. relationship based. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know throughout my time building my skill set and more importantly building my network, uh, both on the music side and on you know sort of the collaboration and content side, uh, I'll be able to create some key partnerships.
0: And you being in LA is like a great location because that's where everything basically is la hollywood wherever like california is a big like market in like entertainment music so right. you're lucky enough to go to a school where there's access to that Absolutely. and it's a good i mean like you said you have so much music background on it so it's something you can definitely again another door for you like you said you don't want to put yourself in boxes you you've right. opened so many doors and right right and I think that's so awesome. Do you have, like, a biggest inspiration to you? Like, do you have a person that you, like, look up to, like, if it's either with football or school or music or right. or an NIL deals? Like, who do you right. is your biggest inspiration?
1: Right. Uh, I think I have a couple. Uh, I've never been someone to sort of pick one person to, mm-hmm. to try to be like, uh, just because I feel like every person's unique. And even if you're trying to be that one person, well, that one person was really, you know, Country, made yeah. up of five yeah. five to six different, you know, yeah. ideologies. Uh, as far as athletes go, I think Muhammad Ali was always a huge inspiration, uh, both on just like his ability to speak his mind, but also uh, his his conviction, and what he stood for. And yeah. I'm not saying I agree with all of his ideologies, even though yeah. uh, I, I, I do believe in the importance of having pride in self and being strong in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I've always respected his ability to keenly in in a smart way, convey what he's thinking and how it relates to further than just the athletic world. And I think that's a beautiful part of uh, name image and likeness, where we're able to communicate who we are to the media directly and not let it be shaped by anyone else. And and, uh, I think that type of practice uh, in every industry should be standard just because we're coming into an age where misconceptions can be damning and yeah. we're able to to get past that and we're able to truly communicate who we are and develop a sense of self while we're still young. I think you'll see college athletes going on to do very amazing things.
0: If you had to tell yourself freshman year, like a lesson or advice what would you tell them? Like if you were looking back at yourself freshman year at UCLA?
1: I would say it, it's going to work out. And I know that's sort of uh, sort of cheesy, sort of corny, but it's so true. Um, I think when you're 17, 18 and you're choosing a college, when you're on that official visit, feels like the best time in your life. It's like, yeah. oh, my goodness. This is my brother plays football at Oklahoma. OK, so oh, great, great.
0: He, I know when he was traveling schools, it was definitely one of those like, you know, when you know.
1: Right. Absolutely. And it feels amazing. And then once you get to campus and you're like, all right, your third, fourth string, like you're trying to compete, compete to get on the travel squad. It's like, this is not what it felt like on the official visit. And then if you're not playing as a true freshman, then if your whole identity is wrapped up in being a player, it's like, what am I? Yeah. And some, some, you know. Young student athletes get down on themselves and, and feel a lack of self-worth because they attribute it to their playing time. But at the end of the day, uh, I I think if you're able to look past that and understand that, you know, college is four years, but it's setting you up for a very long time in life, God willing, mm-hmm. uh, you you know, by keeping your faith, keeping what what holds you down and gives you peace is important. And the people who are able to sort of struggle through it, and get through it, end up seeing the brighter days. And uh, I'm so blessed that I'm in the position that I'm in now.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on BS with Bella and talking about your story. It was a pleasure having you. And I'll tune in next week, guys, for another episode.